Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight we'll continue in our study through the Psalms. If you have your Bibles, please open it to Psalm 135. I'm going to read through the first 14 verses here. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O you servants of the Lord, you who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to His name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel for his special treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, and our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deep places. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of its treasuries. He destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. He sent signs and wonders into the midst of you, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his servants. He defeated many nations and slew mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel his people. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people, and he will have compassion on his servants. Psalm 135 is often called a mosaic psalm because most of it is comprised of parts from other scriptures. Some are copied exactly as they were in other parts of the scripture, and some with sort of a new, wor new wording or new format. So I thought about that and I said to myself, you know, it's often been said that when God repeats himself, it's something that we need to be reminded of. You know, it's not because he's run out of things to say. It's because for us, we need to often be reminded of things. So as this psalm, you've probably heard a lot of these verses, a lot of these ideas before. It's something that we need to continue to hear. This is a praise psalm as you can tell from, especially from those first few verses. It's taken uh, verses or ideas from uh, Deuteronomy, from Jeremiah, from Exodus, and from other psalms. It's a psalm that exhorts us to praise God for His goodness, praise Him for His love, for His greatness, for His judgments, and for His unchanging character. So, so many attributes of God that here we see in, in this psalm that should cause us to give him praise, to glorify him, and to exalt him. It also denounces the worship of idols, so that comparison and contrast is made there, but it encourages us, encourages us instead to bless the name of the Lord. So we see, we see in the first few verses, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, O you servants, so praise the Lord comes from a compound Hebrew uh, word, halal-yah. So 
Think about it. If you sort of put it all together, hallelujah, we, re- we get from this compound word, praise the Lord. So every time you hear hallelujah, you know what that means. It means praise the Lord. Um, in verses 1 and 2, they actually come from Psalm 134. So we, we just went through that the last time we, we uh, studied the Psalms together. So it's, it's probably familiar to us. In verse 1, the psalmist tells us to praise the Lord three times. Praise Him just for who He is and what He's done in your life. Praise His name because His name reflects His character. Just like we would admire someone uh, for their character, their integrity, you know, uh, you know, and so we would, we would sort of mention their name in that context. We worship God because of His nature and His character, which is always perfect. And as His servants... We praise Him because He's, although He's our Master and our Lord, he's, it should be our honor to serve Him. So we should, be, we should be privileged and honored to be called a servant of God. Verses 3 and 4 says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to His name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for Himself, Israel for His special treasure. So, we sung praises to the Lord tonight. We sing praises to the Lord every time we, we have a service. Uh, we, many of us sing praises to the Lord and, uh, you know, throughout the day. And so this is something that the psalmist is just encouraging us to continue to do. It, it says in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. So you can see the verses in this psalm are very similar to those verse, that verse in Deuteronomy. Verse 3 speaks of praising God for He is good. You know, and again, it's not, we, don't, we don't praise Him w- when we look at our circumstances and say, well, if our circumstances are good, then God is good. But if our circumstances are bad, then God is bad. That's not how it works. God is good all the time. So we don't look at that. We don't judge that through our eyes, but know that he is always good. His his word says so, and we believe it. And as the Israelites were God's chosen people, as it speaks of in Deuteronomy 7 here, we who put our faith in Jesus are also chosen of God. It says in John fifteen sixteen, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So we see here that, that Jesus really chose us. It goes on in verse 19. It says, If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, we sang a song tonight about about our enemies hating us. And, you know, but God loves us. God has chosen us out of those things. And we should really feel privileged and blessed that he has. If If we have trusted Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, then he has chosen us out of those destructive things in the world. Second Thessalonians says, again, speaking of 
God choosing us. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. We were chosen from the foundations of the world to be uh, in, his, in his family, in his kingdom. Moving on in Psalm 135, verses 5 through 7, For I know that the Lord is great, and our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and in earth, and in the seas and in all the deep places. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings the wind out of its treasuries. So we praise the Lord for his greatness. We see uh, it's different than his goodness. His goodness is something that is directed toward us. His greatness speaks of his awesome power, which uh, we see in creation. We see in nature. We see in, you know, in the, in the lightning and the thunders and, and, uh, and all the things in nature, the stars. So we see his greatness there. In uh, verses 8 through 12, it says, He destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. He sent signs and wonders into the midst of you, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. He defeated many nations and slew mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and he gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his people. So, verses 8 through 12, speaking of praising God for his judgments. You know, there's a couple of ways we can look at that. We can look at, at it where, you know, God judges, he judges fairly, so we don't have to judge as far as revenge or vengeance on our enemies, that God will eventually put everything right. And also the fact that, that his judgments are true, his judgments are perfect, so we should praise him for that. He judged Pharaoh in his disobedience by killing all the firstborn in Egypt, but, but by protecting the firstborn of Israel. So his judgments are fair. He judged the enemies of God by giving Israel victory over their armies. And he judged the enemies of God because he, he wanted to favor those who were for God. So if you are for him, he, you, are not, you are not in that judgment. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 clearly says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation, through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not counted on those that will, will receive the wrath of God or the judgment of God like those who reject him. Moving on, verses 13 and 14. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people. He will have compassion on his servants. See, God never changes that he endures forever. Something that we should be praising him for. He's the only one that we can count on to be completely faithful in this world. Verses 15 through 18 says, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. 
They have ears, but they do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's identical to Psalm 115. So God here is reminding us that it's only him who can have an effect on our lives. The false gods of the, of the nations, the idols, they, there's, they have no effect. They have no power. The false gods of the unbelievers have no power. They have mouths, but they don't speak. It's just speaking of, of how much power God has in comparison to them. Verse 19, Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. So the psalmist sort of ends the way he began with praise. He's exhorting us to bless the Lord and praise the Lord. See, we praise the Lord in many ways. We praise the Lord uh, in, in, uh, in music. We praise the Lord um, you know, in our prayer time. It, there should be uh, some part of our prayer time that's praise to him for who he is. But we bless him when we are using our spiritual gifts to serve. We bless him when we spread the gospel to others. We bless him when we disciple others in their walk. So those are the things that we can do that blesses God. And we're exhorted in that psalm to do both. Um, moving on to Psalm 136. Psalm 136 we're going to see here that there's no doubt about it. It's the subject of this psalm is God's enduring mercy. God's enduring mercy. Each stanza concludes with a proclamation of his enduring mercy. And this psalm was definitely, uh, you can go back in scripture and see the account of this psalm being sung at least twice as recorded in the scriptures. We're going to get to this. Uh, pretty soon on uh, another Wednesday, Second Chronicles 7 um, speaks of the dedication of the temple by Solomon. In verses 1 through 3, it says, When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So we see that, that line there that you're going to see used over and over again in this psalm. Again, another instance where it was used in, in the scriptures probably in a in uh, the style of a song in um, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 20 through 21. This is when Jehoshaphat and his armies sang a victory song. It was a miracle of God that gave them victory over Judah's uh, enemies because they were outnumbered, but God gave them the victory. It says in 2 Chronicles 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, 
and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. So we're going to see this, this over and over again through the psalm. So let's jump in in verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord... Uh, Give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. So in these first three verses, we see here thanksgiving and praise. And we, we can also sort of infer a reference to the, the Trinity, the triune God. There's thanks and praise given three times in these three verses. And it's three different words for, the, for God. The first one is uh, translated Yehovah or Yahweh. When it says there, give thanks to the Lord in verse 1. That's the proper name of God. The second one is when in, in verse 2 it says, give thanks to the God of gods. That's Elohim. That's a different word for God. This is a masculine plural noun that, again, gives credence to that triune nature of God used back in Genesis and in many other uh, verses in the, in the Bible. The last one is Lord of Lords, translated Adon or Adonai. References God as our master and our Lord. So we see here three different uh, attributes of God, three different names of God, so three different um, ways that God is is mentioned here in these verses, separate but but distinct. So I see I see the Trinity here in these three verses: praise and thanksgiving to God. Verses four through nine. To him alone, to him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures for, forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth um, above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night. For his mercy endures forever. So we see here in these verses, praise to God the creator. So we see all of creation mentioned here. The great wonders of creation. The heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars. We look around, we can see the beauty of, in nature around us. And acknowledge his mighty hand in creation. So something that was made for us to enjoy and to appreciate. In verses 10 through 13, to him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, 
for his mercy endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. So we see here the account of the, of the deliverance of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt. Egypt. You know, how many times do we see throughout, especially throughout the Old Testament, just make mention of this event? It must have been so awesome to the people that they continually, continually bring it to remembrance and praise God for it, you know? Uh, it's, it's just something that we always see over and over and over again. Thinking of the deliverance of his people, and we can, as application for our lives, think of the things that he's delivered us from, you know, in our, in our lives. It could be deliverance from addictions, deliverance from illnesses, deliverances from f- maybe financial difficulties or, or uh, relational differences, um, marital issues, whatever it is. God may have delivered you greatly through those things. Those are the kinds of things that we need to bring to mind. We'll, I'm sure we'll never see the parting of the Red Sea in our lives, but we will see those instances where God has had his hand upon us and just delivered us through those difficulties. <coughs> Verses 16 through 22. To him who led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his mercy endures forever. So we see here in these verses his faithfulness to, um, to his promise to give the land to, uh, to Israel. And just for us, when God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. You know, has God promised you something? And maybe you're still waiting, but he will be faithful to that promise. You know, waiting sometimes causes us to doubt God. But remember, his timing is always perfect. And it may not be our, our timing. The last uh, few verses here. Who remembered us in our lowly state. For his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies. For his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his mercy endures forever. Oh give thanks to the God of heaven. For his mercy endures forever. The psalmist here closing with. This is a personal expression of gratitude. You know, the other, the other verses were, m- many of them were national. You know, the, the um, God's working in the nation. But this is more personal. You know, he's saying, when I was low, God, you didn't forget me. So for us, we can, we can also, we can relate to that. You know, when we're in very difficult times, God has not forgotten us. When we're depressed or discouraged. God is there to lift us up. And he protects us from those who want to come against us. He provides for all of our needs. You know, so we see here a real personal uh, relationship that the psalmist had with the Lord and giving him praise and thanksgiving just for everything that he's done. Psalm 137. It's a lament psalm. 
Psalm 137, remembering the Babylonian destruction of Judah and the 70 years of captivity. This psalm speaks of the reality that when people go through very tragic and difficult times, it may be hard to continue in spiritual things. You know, when they were in captivity in Babylon, they, didn't, they weren't able to continue any of the spiritual things that they had before. And even their hearts were starting to get depressed because they weren't able to praise God the way they were when they were in their land. I think for us, it's, it's sort of a challenge to us that when we're going through difficult times, instead of walking away from God or, or thinking that we, we, just, we just were too sapped in our strength to even come before Him or to praise Him, to, go, to sort of work through that by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to just ask for Him to strengthen us so that we can continue to have that relationship with Him, especially in our times of difficulty. Verse 1, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. So now the psalmist here, remembering the sorrow of the people over the destruction of the city and the temple, and of their cap captivity. So, you know, those, those difficult things that they went through, and that was really, really, you know, that was hard. They were removed from their land, taken to a, a foreign land, weren't able to praise the Lord, weren't able to, to have those, those uh, traditions that they had, and the people were really sorrowful because of it. Verses 2 through 4 speaks here of the sorrow that was so deep that they couldn't even sing. It says, We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there are those who carried us away captive asked us for a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So their captives were mocking them and saying, Go ahead, sing one of those spiritual songs now that you're in captivity you know see if you have you know the same relationship with the lord you know sometimes when we're in difficult times people will come against us and say you know why are you so depressed isn't god on your side why don't you sing and it's it's a challenge to us it was a, certainly a challenge to the to the children of israel they hung their harps upon the willows you know, no need for instruments of praise when they were in captivity. They were in a very difficult place. And their refusal to sing or their desire not to sing was kind of a sign of their mourning. You know, that they weren't able to have that relationship with God that they wanted to have. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. So the Jews here did not forget Jerusalem, even though it was in ruins. Even if we're unable to sing praises, we should pray that it isn't because we've forgotten God or what he's done for us. So that's something that we never want to do. Even if we get so low that we never forget that, that he still loves us. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it to its very foundation. O daughter of Babylon, 
who are to be destroyed. Happy the one who repays you as you have served us. Happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. Verses 7 through 9 here tell of God's judgment and his justice against the enemies of God that he will avenge. Just as Babylon had destroyed the city and the house of God, he will use another nation to destroy them. And you can go through the, the prophets and see the uh, prophecies against all of these wicked uh, nations that came against Jerusalem. But the destruction of those nations will be far greater than the, what Jerusalem or what Israel had gone through because there will always be a remnant. God promised. Babylon no longer exists. Many of those nations that were destroyed by God back then no longer exist. But Israel continues to exist to this day. We see here just um, God's justice and his judgment against the enemies that he'll avenge. And for us, we can take comfort in that, knowing that he, he will always avenge, that, that no matter what we're going through, and, and believe me, the, the children of Israel went through very difficult times. And think of the nation of Israel today, still under attack, you know, all the time. But God has not forgotten them, and he will not forget us in our times of need. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.